Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You're going to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, Kathy. You want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous, me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to, oh, if you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe. If you can write a review, write a review. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where I talk to people about all kinds of things. I really like to help people and give them my unprofessional advice. Uh, so if you want to call in and get my unprofessional <laughs> advice. Sorry, I'm trying to plug in my computer while we're talking. Um, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and you could be on the show. But a lot of people call, most people call uh, into the show to talk about their secret private lives because remain. it's called Strictly Anonymous because I keep everybody anonymous on my show. I change everybody's names. I change everybody's voices. Nobody knows who the fuck you are, but you could really talk about whatever you want. And so if you want to be on the show... <laughs> Like I said, this intro sucks, but I, I'm just going to keep it. Um, if you want to be on the show, send an email at com or go to com and click on Be on the Show. There's a Reddit page where people go to talk about things on the show. Uh, it's uh, reddit.com, like, t- let's talk strictly anonymous podcast, something like that. You can find it. I always forget to give out the link, but people find it. People have been signing up. Um, you could go there. Today I've had a guy named, oh, the other thing is, is if you want to call in and talk to me and like sort of talk about all your, your secret stuff, uh, but you don't want me to air your episode, I offer that service now too. It is a service. You do, I do charge for it. Uh, but if you want to do it, send me an email. Strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I have a guy named Jay today and Jay wrote in and he sent me a lot of information in his email and I was a little bit like where is this this episode going to go because he was kind of he, he wasn't kind of like he was like straight up I'm into uh, I have a secret life and it's and he just used all these like negative words about it like dark and degenerate and I, he was very anti what he was into and uh, he's married it's a very double he lives a very double life uh, but he has no intention of really changing that uh and so i was wondering because he was into like he really said he's into like rape fantasies and bdsm and he sometimes he feels like really bad about it and he feels like what he does is so terrible but i you know i so i couldn't really so i was like wondering like is does he do illegal shit like does he actually really rape people (laughs) i didn't know but like he doesn't do any of that stuff but we just talk about like why he feels bad about it is it like the cheating is it what he's doing and it's interesting what he says uh, he also gets into some stuff, some hardcore heavy stuff that happened to him when he was younger with two different people. And you could definitely, 
you know, figure out why he's into the stuff that he's into now, the BDSM and the rape and all the specifics of those scenarios that he's into when you hear the stories of what happened to him when he was younger. It's like, like I say, psychology 101, you know, that kind of stuff definitely Stuff that happens to you when you're younger definitely happens to you when you're older. Um, so we talk about that. We talk about what he does with, in that world that he lives. We talk about how he feels about it, like which I said is kind of negative. We talk about uh, how he cheats on his wife and what his relationship is with her. And uh, we talk about what happened to him when he was younger. Uh, so anyway, I'll be right back on with Jay. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Jay. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm okay. Thank you. So, Jay, you live a double life, right? And your double life or your other part of you, I mean, you like really like talk about this other part of you as like from the third person, right? Like you feel like it's like a more is a very is to you a dark side of you, right? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, compared to what my life is generally normally. I don't know, like, because I felt like, and you're going to have to explain everything, right? Because, you know, you're going to help me understand, because maybe I didn't get it right from the email, that it's like this double life that you have includes, like, rape fantasies and a lot of BDSM, and you feel like you cross lines, and what after you do, you feel really bad about it, right? So I was like, does this guy like do bad thing like do you do like cross lines and you do like illegal things or things uh, that people don't necessarily want or is like is this always consensual and you just feel actually bad about doing it when you do it like what's the deal no it's never illegal or it's always consensual it's he actually usually in the it started when sort of the great list where you can actually yeah. go on a great list and sort of Meet all kind of weird people, uh-huh. and uh, well, you were on there. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and then of course Everyone's that went like, away. Oh, all the people on Craigslist are so weird. It's like, what the fuck were you doing on there? Just the, everyone was regular people, but they went onto Craigslist to you know meet people. To, <laughs> you know what I mean? I um, the my interest or curiosity or sort of involvement in this has been even maybe beyond Craigslist, but. Well, that's where it definitely started. made it kind of easy. Yeah, it went. It started. I mean, if you want to go Genesis of all this, it's probably eleven years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, what um, did you? Because you're married now and everything, right? But like when you were eleven years old, what did what? How did you realize that you were into this kind of stuff? Because you're into like great um, fantasies into this, and BDSM. I was into sex. Okay. No, I was. I was just into. Well, I've been for five years, four years. Um, involved sexually with uh, an aunt and then my babysitter. What? You didn't say this in the email, did you? Wait, am I reading the wrong email? I I didn't know that. I I didn't know that we'd be here having conversations, so I just kind of was like, hey, I really appreciate your 
Wait, maybe am I reading the right email? Are you the guy that also like feels really bad and sometimes cries afterwards? Yeah. And you're, no, yeah, you're oh, right. okay, but you also I fuck your aunt stuff. and your babysitter. Oh my god! No, 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 I didn't fuck her, but my aunt used to like fondle me and oh touch me. And oh, when you were little. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said in the past four years there's something with my aunt, or is maybe in the no, past no, four no, years no, no, you no. remembered it? When I was little. When I was little, and when I was about 11, my babysitter um, had sex with me. Like, uh, I don't recall. Like, I didn't get off, but she went down on me. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. But what was the again. four years? You said something about, like, recently. That went on for about four, three or four years. Oh, from that's 11 hardcore to, like, stuff. 14. And yeah. what about your aunt? When did that start and happen, and how long? She she would do inappropriate things. She wouldn't necessarily have sex with me, but she would, like, you know, touch me inappropriately or touch my dick or talk about my dick or, you know, stuff like that. And How old were you, She was an alcoholic. Uh, I was, like, 12. Oh, my God. Maybe. Did you ever tell anyone about that? No. I told um, a friend, but... It was when I was much older, and he kind of, you know, and it happens to everybody. No big deal. But no, I, no one significantly that was going to do anything about it, I ever told them. No. Right. Like, you never told your mom or your dad. Whose sister no. was this? Your mother's or your father's? This was my mother's sister. Oh, my God. She would have been fucking horrified. Is that aunt still alive? No, she's not. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's hardcore, right? And so that she was... She was happening. a really bad alcoholic. She right. died of alcohol. She died of oh, You have to be really bad to die of alcoholism. I know that because I know yeah. some pretty bad alcoholics and they're still fucking alive. And I'm like, how are you? You know what I mean? Like, you have to drink a lot to get, like, liver disease and die from alcohol. Yeah. So that's pretty hardcore. But what about your babysitter? So she's still alive. Um, no, but I mean, was, like, what happened with her? She, so I used, my mom used to work at night and she would leave me with her friend's daughter. But then her 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 friend also worked at night as a nurse. My daughter was, I want to say she was 17, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And, um, you were 11. Yeah. And she used to, I had older sisters, but then they started working. And so they couldn't stay with me at night while my mom was at work. So she enlisted the help of her friend's daughter, paid her, and then she used to come over to our house, and no one was there. She'd be sort of give me a bath, make sure I'd take a bath, eat, just generally sort of watch over me. And it wasn't like she was on me the whole time, but whenever I went into the bathroom or shower to go take a shower to get ready for bed, she would always come in and sometimes just stand there, sometimes offer to like for help <laughs> with un without asking just like grab a rag and start washing me but she would also always sort of like focus on my dick right and then um she after a while she started taking off her clothes and getting into the shower oh my god and um it just either oral sex or sometimes she would i would lay on the floor she would lay on the floor in the bathroom and have sex with me you're, so she she um, would have sex with you, like you're laying down. She get yeah, on top of you or something. Was, she would like make this happen. I mean, she would tell me what happen, to do, right? and I was like, you know, I had a boner. I'm, after a while, you start to get like curious about it. So it wasn't that I was initiating it, but I knew it was going to happen whenever she did. Yeah, and so listen, little boy, I have a son. I mean, he gets a boner if his hand touches it. You know what I mean? Like he's not in control of that. You know what I mean? His mom, he's not getting horny, right. and he's getting a boner. 
it's like it's something is touching it and he gets it. You know what I mean? Like it has a mind of its own. You know, it doesn't. It's exactly. not. It's not. It doesn't have to be attached to a sexual thought, right? Especially when you're really young. Are you even like? At I 11? wasn't romancing her to make this happen. It just she. I knew it was going to happen when she came over, and I usually. I mean, it didn't happen every single time, but let's just say ninety percent of the time there was some sort of touching or sexual activity of some sort yeah maybe that 10 percent of the time she had her period or something that's why the fuck right. like i mean 90 percent of the time is a lot of times like every time she came over she was basically molesting you that's that's like hardcore how old were how what grade are you in an 11th in when you're 11 you're like in uh, still in grade school right you're not even in i want to say fifth or sixth right sixth yeah grade? you're like a you're like a little kid and, you know, that's probably why, I mean, because listen, you told that me. That went on all the way up to junior high school. I went on almost to junior. Well, she wasn't actually babysitting me then, but she would still come over and still kind of my mom would. She was, by the time it ended, she was close to 20 and I was like 14 and my mom, and I didn't need a babysitter anymore, so. My mom right, kind of but like, you oh, were carrying she, but she that. Still kind of came over. But you, you were carrying that for many years. I mean, you would how you right? I mean, that's a lot. That's a long time to sort of live this secret with a babysitter. Yeah. You know, you carry that for four years. Into something years. else, like a relationship. Just, no, 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 no. I mean, it spun into my curiosity about sex, and mm-hmm. I think the initially, like every kid, you're just curious about girls and happy to touch a girl and finger a girl, you know, when I was 15, 16, you know, that's, I probably, aside from her, I had sex with another girl that I was actually pursuing. Yeah, right, right, um, right. At, at 15, uh-huh. say 15 years old. And, you know, just one girl after another, you're always trying to, you know, at that point I was sort of being romantically trying to pursue girls my age. But not your babysitter. Um, no, no, that never my babysitter. She actually moved. Um, they moved. I forget what. And they left the state, like went to the other side of the country. Yeah, but I have to like, say, you know, because of the way it started out, I, I don't care that you got older. Maybe you were into it later on. Every time you're with that person, there was there was all of that history attached there. So you were really like, you know, it, it was just increasing, like you know, sort of some like this thing inside of you that I believe is what is being triggered as now that you're an adult, when you do certain things and feel so bad, like you told me in the email, like sometimes like you cry after what you do and all this stuff. And I, and I do think maybe that is like feelings that are coming out that is attached to these terrible things that happened to you and the shame and all that stuff that happened to you when you were way younger. Do you know what I'm saying? Because now that you're older, it's all consensual and and everything. Like there's plenty of people that are, are into BDSM. There's plenty of people that could have a rape fantasy with their partner or somebody that they're into you know and they don't feel bad about it you know what i mean but you do Uh right right yeah so i well i do afterwards in the moment i don't and i don't know one does in the moment i feel bad about i feel bad about the fact that it's sort of now in my i have this other life that it doesn't Uh involve my family and it's more uh I can't, it's almost like drugs. <laughs> That's yeah. the way to put it. It's, you know, you, I don't do it every day. I don't do it. You know, it's not even like a once a month, maybe it's a once a month, twice a month thing, but now I've gotten a little older, maybe slowed down, but it's, 
it's more you don't want what would happen if you know god forbid your family finds out you know how do you explain this it's not right, and you try I to keep it to down explain. right no but you said like you try to keep it down but the you do it but eventually it's like it takes you over and you have to feed this part of you or because it doesn't it doesn't stop right and then you feed it right, right? and then it kind of goes away probably for a little while then it comes back and you just can't get away from it right it's always like sort of knocking on your door and getting you to go back out there and do something that you necessarily don't want to do because you are married now right and it's not what like if you're god forbid you'd find out you you know your wife would find out you'd lose a lot a tremendous mm-hmm. <laughs> she i feel i mean it's a i'll get into it at whatever point but I've never talked to a therapist about it because I feel really bizarre talking to a therapist about it. It's, it but um, talk about what specifically the cheating, the stuff that happened to you when you were younger, what you do when you're cheating, or uh, all of it. <laughs> the the cheating and and the sex stuff now, you know, the what I'm into now, what I kind of get involved in. Let's get specific about what you're into now. Um, it's well, generally cheating. It's more not. It started as just meeting girls for sex, and you know, online, and I guess at Craigslist. I, well, that's not where it started, but that's where it spun up really mm-hmm. quickly because of Craigslist. You can sort of go on. How three long times have you been married? <laughs> How long have you been married? Uh, Going on twenty years. Okay, so for so uh, we've been be- together for twenty years. Going on, I've been married for uh, sixteen. Right. So, but when you're talking about like starting on Craigslist and all this, this is while you're with this woman that you're with now, right? This is all happening yeah, it while didn't you're start with her on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't start on Craigslist, but obviously the the ramping up of it. It was I was doing it long before Craigslist, but it did ramp up to make it really easy without having to do much. But you've been doing it this whole time while you're with your wife. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you started out. Before my wife. The BDSM and the, the, the sexual, acting out sexually with sometimes older women or the BDSM portion of it, I was introduced to by someone that I was seeing from Greg, someone, not from Greg, but from a a girl I was dating. Mm -hmm. And she was sort of hesitant about, hey, this is kind of what I'm into, sort of brought me into it slowly. And then she was actually part of a underground club in Los Angeles that they actually had locations where you're part, you pay for this sort of network and you get, at that time, there was an email saying, hey, we're having a party here or yeah, we're yeah, having yeah. a party mm-hmm. there. And it was sometimes at private locations, people's homes, or other times it was, you know, Somebody had like a really large event space. Um, it was around LA, um, Beverly Hills. Really bizarre people. Like it was <laughs> people that you don't, you know, they're out there, really eccentric, but you wouldn't expect. I mean, there was anything from you would be like, "Well, this woman's a model. Like, why would she need to be here?" Or this guy's a judge, <laughs> or this guy's a priest. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why? And it was a really you know, Bizarre world, but intoxicating to me and sort of adrenaline filled just because you're seeing people in, it wasn't swingers. It wasn't like just, hey, there's a mattress, let's be have sex. It was yeah. like really bizarre, dark guys wearing masks and women being like either in charge or some women that are really, that had, I met a judge. I, I found out later she was a judge. 
Uh-huh. And she, when she was there or involved in this, she wanted to be like abused and beaten to the point where my skin would break and hair pulled and spit on. And, and it, it was and degraded in such a way, but she was in control of it. She was like, I'm consenting to this. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, and she would cry and, I mean, it would look, in any other case, you'd be like, this is, <laughs> she, somebody's going to get arrested here. This is a yeah. murder. This is how every 48 hours starts. Yeah, she's but, she's been in charge of cases where the victim was, like, having that happen to them, and now she's, like, living it out. <laughs> right. And I, at first, it kind of, it wasn't a turn-on as much as I couldn't look away, sort of like a yeah. car accident. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't, I gotta, I gotta keep seeing how this ends, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then with more availability of porn, it, uh, you start to get more and more, you know what I mean? I watched porn since I was little, you know, I, I want to say, I remember my first one, my brother introduced me. I still remember the video. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, even to this day, I still remember that video. And you you know if you've watched it over in years and you, you want progressively more something more intense you know just being a girl getting fucked after a while is like okay i've seen that you know yeah exactly and um probably 90 percent of any porn that i do watch is usually involving bdsm of some sort mm-hmm. um, but this was your first that, even, that, even in it. porn it's kind of gotten boring because it's not they have standards and they can only go so far. So it's not really what I've seen in person. Right. Like at those parties in LA. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so she introduced me to this and then, um, we still actually used to keep in touch until she moved. But what did you do when you were there? Who were you in the scenario? I used to just go and be with her. And then after a while, like maybe after about, two or three times she brought in another girl. So that was the first time I had been with her and another girl. And then she wanted the other girl to whip her, tie her up and whip her. And so I was watching this. And then the girl told her, or had me have sex with her while she's hitting her with this flogger. And I got, she had tied her to this um, piece of wood. And she was cuffed, but her back was to me. And so I was having sex with her, and she started crying. And then she told me to fuck her in the ass. And so I'm like, I felt odd about it because I felt like she's crying. (laughs) I mean, she's clearly, I don't know if she's enjoying this or not enjoying it, but she wouldn't break this sort of, I don't want to say character, but Mm -hmm. it was clear that I wasn't supposed to like, hey, are you okay? Like she would say if something was wrong. Yeah, 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 totally. And I, so when that happened, I did it, it was weird. And then we kept doing it, and it just became more normal to me. You know, like uh, anything like that anything. you do, yes, you continue exactly. to do. exactly, totally, yeah. And after a couple of months, and maybe a year, I was, I can compartmentalize this action over here and these activities with whatever I did from nine to five. And it started to feel like, I think I told you in my email, my other J. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. You talk about this other side of you like another person, right? Mm -hmm. It became a need for me, just like, you know, when people watch porn and get addicted to porn. You know, you start off watching one and then you're done with it. You watch it for 10 minutes and then you move on. And then if you keep doing it, eventually it becomes a need to keep doing it. Right. And um, so a year or two in, it became a need to keep doing it. And then I met my wife. And so I'm black, which is also bizarre that not bizarre but you don't see a lot of black people in this hardcore bdsm sort of situation oh There's really not, no i mean there are but yeah. not as many if, if you if you go into a room of a if you went to a party and there was a hundred people yeah maybe three or four would be black that's and interesting maybe, i wonder if anyone did a study as to why you know what i mean think about it there's probably something I underneath don't it. No. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it's now you know there's black cock porn and black eyes, uh, yeah. white girls. That's kind of a interracial thing. But back then it wasn't when he, when you're talking about paying you know five thousand dollars to go to a party, five thousand dollars a year to be a member. Oh, uh, okay, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not so many people that are going to be able to pay for that. You have to really right, want to live mm-hmm. the life and dress up and pure things everywhere. <laughs> Even the black people I have encountered are not, have a separate, sec, separate life. They're right. not like piercings everywhere and weird colored hair. And, you know, a lot of the white people I meet in this, they're living it. You know, and, and some of them, most of them are living it. You know, they're wearing the leather every day. They're, makeup, the hair, you know, it's obvious that there are piercings everywhere. Whereas the black people I've met, it's kind of their quiet secret. And then they're doing some office job nine to five in which yeah. you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, but let's get back to you. Sort of covered up. But yeah, yeah. No, let's get back to you. So you're, so, you know, you meet your wife, right? And you had your, you're, you're already involved in this, like sort of, you already other Jay yes. has already come out, right? And has, yeah, has yeah, been definitely. born, all right? Um, and I'm and like, do you consider yourself a monogamous person? Do you go into the relationship with your wife thinking like, okay, I'm going to put this other stuff to the side and never do it because now I'm with the woman I love? Or do you just continue? And But eventually, like, you can't help it and you go cheat on her? Or you're, like, cheating I've on her from the been... day one? I've never been monogamous in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when I seriously started, you know, let's just say from eight, 17, 18, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I was always dating one girl. I never told him. I never told the truth. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. always, you know, wait till you get caught. Do it until you get caught and then move on to the next. Right, when right, I right. met my wife, I was seeing maybe five girls at the time, five different <laughs> women at the uh-huh, time. Right, okay. And... I honestly, I didn't even expect to get with her. I figured it would be like a one or two night thing, maybe a couple of weeks, and then we move on. Because I'm, uh, she's from a prominent family. Your um, wife. Her dad is my wife. Yeah. Her dad is like Republican. You know, he knows a lot of people in the Republican Party. Her father, upon finding out we were dating, was obviously upset. Um, I think for the obvious reasons. I think people. I have a theory that people don't think they're racist until their daughter comes home with a black guy. Oh, <laughs> God, right. Uh-huh. They always say, I'm not racist. And then when their daughter comes home with a black guy, <laughs> I don't care if he's Barack Obama. Hey, right, right, right. You see, they immediately have a reaction of either they don't care, they're fine with it, or yeah. they're really not okay with it. And they don't, and I'm not, I understand, I'm a father. So, I mm-hmm. mean, if, you know, a guy came home with braids and cornrows and looking weird, I don't care who he was. I'd be like, hell no. But 
like I said, I've seen my my outward presentation is very, you know, suit and tie and clean cut guy. Right, so, right. He, uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy about that. That's, so anyway, I feel like you're with kinda, her though, but you were never uh, you were never faithful to her, like because you weren't to anybody, right? No, and she got pregnant quickly, mm-hmm. and then he kind of her family kind of disowned her a little bit, but they got back together eventually years yeah. later um, after some different things happened. And I actually involved me. Um, I took care of something that he was dealing with her father and he didn't know. And once he found out it was me that handled it. And then he kind of like started talking to me again. And now strangely, <laughs> you want to laugh. The relationship went from completely that way to, now I'm probably the only one of his children in his will. <laughs> oh, because you guys are really close. Yeah. Well, his other your other two, three siblings turned out on drugs, and one died. Yeah. So oh wow. Well, but I like stories like that because here he was, sort of judging you, and you know, because of the color of your skin, right, and just completely wanting to shut you out and not give you a chance, and then. Ultimately, after a while, he d- does let you in, and then look—you wind up to be the a very important person to him, right? That. But what, that's what's so fucked up to me is that I know I have this other thing I'm doing. Yeah, like well, I was gonna out, say you, know, you, you won't be in the will once he this shit once his <laughs> daughter catches you. I mean, let's get back to the crazy shit that you do. So you know, this whole time that you're like cheating on her right and is that what because you said to me before you know that I don't feel like I could talk about this to a therapist what is this like I said is it the what you're into is it the cheating is it what is it specifically that you are would feel weird about talking about the cheating is I think would be easier to talk to a therapist but saying that I enjoy when a woman consensually, of course, but it is letting me sort of be a bit more aggressive with flogging, the beating. I've had been with a girl that recently, the past couple of years, that likes to be hit really hard. Yeah. Um, with sticks, with until the skin breaks and bleeds. Mm-hmm. And that, she was crying. In the moment, I was like, we had a safe word, and so let it flow. Let all of your, whatever you got inside you go, and she'll let me know when I have to stop. And I've sort of been conditioned that way. Like I said, initially, all this stuff was really weird when I first got into it. But then when you feel find out, you know, that people have their safe words and what they want, and they sort of talk about it beforehand, then you're free to let it, you know, flow out. And then people, it, it seems to be either women that that I've encountered either have jobs where they're in charge and so want to be, you know. The opposite, right? Opposite mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the one that I said a couple of times where I saw what happened after, in the moment I was just like fucking and really going at this girl kind of hard. And she was crying and snot was rolling down and skin was broken. Her ass was sort of had welts that were blossoming with the, you know, those bloody welts that were blossoming and skin was slightly broken. And in a moment, I didn't care. I was just going, I was like, she'll let me know when she wants me to stop. But I'm just letting all my month, whatever it is, I'm arguing with my wife about whatever 
stress I'm feeling. Just you're letting it out that's too. What I say. Yeah, it's kind of cathartic to just let it all out. Yeah. But afterwards, when it was done, um, I saw this, and I saw her still sort of crying about it, and she still kind of was. We were done, but she was still very emotional about it. And then my, because I'm a father of a daughter, so then my fatherly protective thing yeah. kicks in and I see the damage it's almost like a blinder and then you take the blinders off and now you've seen what damage you've done and now you're regretting doing this to somebody yeah, but and I, I started say too, to cry right that's where you do say in your email I remember that like when I read your email it, it seemed kind of dark I mean you were just focusing on the negative aspects of all this but you did say that there are times that you do cry afterwards because you feel so bad right yeah, and she felt really bad because I started to get, she saw I was getting emotional. And But there was a girl, there's a girl that I, she's my therapist in this life, I guess. I actually mm-hmm. never had sex with her, mm-hmm. but she's a dominatrix, so she doesn't have sex. She beats other people. Yeah. And But we've become friends, and she's taking me to parties, and she actually has set up things with girls that she knows wants this, want this, and for me, sort of as a controlled environment. So she's kind of like a dom that sets up other, like you as a guy dom with girls and submissive, and then does she sort of sit there and watch what goes down or directs it? Watch or get involved, but not, I have never had sex with her ever. Right, right. We've we've talked outside of this, you know, sort of room, so she, she knows probably more about me Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive, sought-after, rare, and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.